welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Heidi and Marla and Craig. It's good to have everyone. I can't help but pick on you. ZoomAAMeetings.com. It's a, a nightly 9 p.m. Eastern open online meeting of AA every night of the year. Come join us. A lot of good things there. Go to BuddyC.org. Have a lot of resources there for you, including a daily Tao devotion. If this podcast speaks to you, I would suggest signing up. I'm taking all of these quotes that we use and making a thought, uh, a quote and a thought and an affirmation. And I'm using the the list, the sign-up list to keep me accountable to write these. So a lot of mistakes in those. I'm just writing them and putting them out. And later I'll get them to the editor. So if you see some things that are incorrect, just look at the meaning of the text instead. We'll straighten those things out as we go. Um, any other announcements? Today is the fifth verse of the Wensa. We will also be talking about, I'm sure, a couple of different verses of the Tao Te Ching that would go along with that. I'm going to read it first, and then we'll come back and talk about it. When Confucius asked him about the way, Lao Tzu said, straighten your body, unify your vision, and the harmony of heaven will arrive. Concentrate your knowledge, rectify your assessment, and the spirit will come to abide. Virtue will be receptive to you. The way will be there for you. Gaze straight ahead like a newborn calf without seeking the where without seeking the wherefore. Let your body be like a withered tree and your mind like dead ashes. Realize genuine knowledge and don't use twisted reasoning. Keep yourself open, unminding, and you will attain clarity and all-around mastery. How could this be unknowing? Confucius was asking Lao Tzu, and they lived at the same time, and actually it's documented that they actually met. So Confucius was asking Lao Tzu, uh, about the way or about the Tao, the way. And Lao Tzu responded with two things that we do. Straighten your body and unify your vision and the harmony of heaven will arrive. Straighten your body and unify your vision. Didn't say then you can work to have harmony or work to have peace or work it says it will arrive. It will come to you when you've straightened your body and unified your vision. I took that as meaning straightening our body as in, you know, getting our affairs in order. If you're looking at it like recovery, that would be working the steps in our life, you know, getting rid of our fears and all the things that bind us and unifying my vision. I was, I was thinking about meditation. I was thinking about not being carried away with all the, you know, by our fears still, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, yeah, I see that too. You know, you, when you this whole thing is really about unifying your vision. Um, you know, gazing straight ahead. I don't, I don't mean to jump ahead, but most it's all about, um, and concentration. It's like in my mind means, um, you're only concentrating on God. So you become, so that's where you get the harmony of heaven. That's just in my outward opinion, how I, how I'm reading it. In, yes. And in yoga, I hate to bring back yoga, but in yoga, we start with an erect body and vision is straight and prepared to go. You know, it's interesting there with that first sentence that we do nothing to bring harmony, that we do nothing to bring that about. If we do our part, it just arrives. It just shows up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anything else in that first sentence? Just think about the harmony of heaven. I think it just depends on your perspective of the harmony of heaven. I think if we, if we don't resist it, we're going to get exactly what's coming to us. And yeah. what we ask for. Yeah, not necessarily what you ask for. Heidi? Oh, you're muted, dear. I was just thinking of the, the Bible verse that you know, says, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. You know, and that harmony of heaven, I think, is another word for walking in the way. It's not, you know, talking about some reward after you die. It's talk. I think it's talking about just that flow of life that we're all looking for, that place of ease, you know, that we're all looking to live in would be the harmony of heaven. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Next, he says, concentrate your knowledge, rectify your assessment, and the spirit will come to abide. So he's saying the same thing again, just saying it a little different way. Concentrate your knowledge. Uh, I look at that as just single-mindedness, a lot of which would be the unifying your vision and the other one. Emptying your head. Yeah. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of what Sensei was talking about the last time he was on, just being that focused on that one thing. Not focused or that focused. Being just being almost monomaniacally focused on the one thing. Just just like we are when it comes to recovery. I have to be focused on my recovery more or less twenty four seven. If I take my eyes off it and start to wonder about how things would be or start fantasizing or romanticizing about drinking again, then I can see a different path going. So I think just to be perfect clear in my mind, that's how I have to be. If you come into my house, there is absolutely nothing at all containing alcohol. That's how focused we are on. And when I say we, I mean, as in my whole family, that's how focused we are on mass sobriety. There's no, there's no cooking sauces with alcohol in it. There's no mouthwash with alcohol in it. There's absolutely nothing at all. We are just solely focused on the one main thing that is mass sobriety because we see the effect that not having sobriety in my life has made on the family. We can see a massive way that it's impacted what we're doing now. We actually, we thrive more as a family now because we're just solely focused on me not drinking. Everything else, yeah, everything else just seems to fall into place after that. It does. Like the way it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. without our chaotic brain. 
Yeah, but everything else has just fallen into place without us even trying. And I think that's I could relate that to what's happening here. The, the spirit will come to abide. You know, we have we have just such a sense of I was going to sound corny and very AA. We have a serenity when when we come into the house purely because I'm doing something simple like not drinking, working the steps, and doing what I really need to do. Oh, and by the way, when we say the program, we don't mean that there's no other program. We're just saying the program of AA. Just so. Just get your disclaimers in there. Yeah, just you don't have to edit that part out. So, you know, no, that's. People get upset about that. I've heard about it, actually. There's other programs than just AA. Of course there is. It's not the program, but it's the program of AA. So. Anyway. The little details that people keep people in their sickness, those kind of details that people think about and write to you about. Concentrate your knowledge, rectify your assessment. And I had to look these words up because I didn't know what rectify your assessment would mean uh, to correct your assessment or to put it right. So is that acceptance? I assessment would like be your, the way you're looking at something, you know. Uh, I see that uh, to rectify your assessment mean for me means to um, change my view of mm -hmm. what it is and come to a realistic conclusion. Yeah. yeah. And it says if we do those two things, and that's just another way of saying straighten your body and unify your vision, the spirit will come to you, come to abide. So nothing we have to make happen. It just comes to us the way it comes to us on its own without our effort or without our excessive work to make happen. And I was thinking about the bottom of 84 and the top of 85 in the big book for that, where it says we've ceased fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned, will seldom be interested in liquor. Notice it says seldom, not ever. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we'll find that this has happened automatically. We'll see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. The, uh, that's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. That's our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Yeah, it just comes. Next sentence. Virtue will be receptive to you. The way will be there for you. Hmm. Doesn't say balance would be receptive but virtue. And that reminded me of the 11th step. Which salt, through prayer and, salt through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. So it's the knowledge of his will would be the same thing to me as being able to be receptive of virtue that we could actually see more of what was going on that we couldn't see before. So that makes sense. I was thinking more step seven. In what way? Well, when, when we, um, when we humbly ask God to remove the, 
our shortcomings. Mm-hmm. The idea behind so my the way that I see it and the way that I pass it to my sponsees is that when we're doing step six, we've identified the defects of characters through our fifth step. We're then making the decision, do I want rid of these defects or do I want to keep them? And then step seven is we humbly ask God to remove these shortcomings. So the way I see it is that I want them to take something away, but I have to receive something in return. So if I want my if I want my intolerance taken away, then I have to practice patience. So I think being receptive to new things coming our way, looking at what do they say, rectify your assessment. I'm not always right. There are other ways of doing things in Craig's way. And I think being open to virtue as well as open to, to different ways of doing things. I learned very recently at work that, you know, not everybody works the exact same way that I do. And I had problems passing an assessment for it because I just thought my way of doing it was the only way of doing it. And apparently it wasn't. So there was a lesson for myself. And I had to, I very quickly had to bite my tongue when it came down to the, the fact of, so I, <laughs> I don't worry about it. I was like, you know, who's this person that's never done my job telling me how to do my job? And I think what he says was, look, I don't think it's that that's really bothering you. I think it's the fact that somebody's telling you something that you don't want to hear. I was like, well, that's what, that's what I've got a sponsor for. <laughs> that's, that's what you're here for. Right, I'm telling you something you don't want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to rectify the assessment that. Hey, that's good, Greg. That's good. That is yeah. good. Thank you. I, I have my moments. You do have your moments. That's why we we keep inviting you back. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Okay. Uh, gay. No, I can't ahead believe like, you so long. Gay straight ahead like a newborn calf, without seeking the wherefore. I think wherefore means the reason why. Could be. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was also thinking, um, yeah, the wherefore, what's ahead, or all the um, the stuff that's going on around. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, like you said, but it's the next line I don't understand. Well, in this one, I had a verse of the Tao Te Ching to talk about the gaze <laughs> straight ahead like a newborn calf. I was thinking about verse fifty-five. He who is in harmony with the Tao is like a newborn child. Its bones are soft, its muscles are weak, but its grip is powerful. It doesn't know about the union of male and female, yet its penis can stand erect. So intense is its vital power, it can scream its head off all day, yet it never becomes hoarse. So complete is its harmony. The master's power is like this. He lets things come and go effortlessly without desire. He never expects results. Thus, he is never disappointed. He is never disappointed. Thus, his spirit never grows old. I was thinking about that, you know, a child, just like a newborn calf would be just in the moment all the time. You know, and I think we lose that as we start getting older. And that's part of the point of being like a newborn is. And the newborn's already complete. Just like I think spiritually, we're complete, uh, and we just don't know it. Right. I'm already right. at peace. I just don't know it. You know, my perception's off. 
we already have everything. Yeah. We, already, we already have everything. So why don't we realize it when we want more? Because we're not looking in the right direction, Craig. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always looking out here. No, and what's for the solution instead of turning that light around and looking within mm-hmm. where the solution is. It's kind of like looking at a problem rather than the solution. What do you mean? Well, if, you, if, if, you, if you're trying to solve a problem, a lot of people will spend the time looking at the problem rather than thinking of solutions. For... Right. I think, you know, that to that point, a lot of people in recovery look, they're just, they stay in their problem, you know, with, uh, you know, I used to do this and I used to be like that and, and they don't, you know, it's not, they're not moving forward. They're not looking at the solution part of it. And I know it took me a, a bit of time to get to the solution a couple of years. That's why I stopped listening to a lot of recovery podcasts because a lot of people coming in that, the, and I know the the general idea is we tell a story, how it was, what, what happened and how we are now. I was kind of focusing on for the first year, year and a half, I was focusing on where people were because that's what I could relate to. I hadn't got to a stage of some form of peace or some form of growth in recovery. I was still struggling up to, I struggled badly for the first two years. So I could relate very well to where people used to be. And I found that was quite, uh, it was a sticking point for me. So when I went to my doctors, he was, he was like saying, what are you actually doing for yourself when, when, you know, when you're trying to help yourself? Um, we were talking about recovery podcast and he says, look, just kind of back on what you listen to because it's the exact same as when you're dealing with kids. You, you The kids are going to turn out with what you're feeding them. So if you're sitting them down in front of the TV and just watching nonsense, then that's what that's what they're feeding them. And I was doing the exact same to myself because I was trying to educate my brain into a sober way of life. I had to kind of try and leave the drinking side of it behind and then grow that way. If that makes sense. It's the same with quit So, so, you, so you, read, you read different books on how to stop drinking. And you can be reading these books on how to stop drinking for the first two years. And you think to yourself, Do you know, I haven't had a drink for two years. Why am I still reading this book on how to stop drinking? Or if Callum's reading the same book as he was when he was five and he's now 11, he's not going to be benefiting the exact same from the resources that he was using six years ago. So I think it's keeping things relevant and moving on. Pardon me, but yet there's writings like the Tao that we have to, personally, I have to read over and over again in order to get it. But it has a difference. What are we reading in those? See, that's the difference. We're not reading. uh, This came up in our Zen studies the other night. If if it's all about in Zen, they they believe that you, uh, you can focus within not by what we read, but by sitting by meditating so why don't all this time we spend in our book study why don't we just spend that hour meditating instead so there was a good conversation i think that we have to approach anything that we read by looking for the experience in what we're reading rather than you know searching out the magic formula you know that's the difference heidi I'm going to get, I'm going to get going. I'm I'm feeling really sick. All right. Bye here. Hope you get feeling better. Get well soon. Bye.
Yeah, here's a here's a, another quote uh, from 417 in the fourth edition. When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. That's what you're talking about, Craig. That's, oh, that's which podcast would you not recommend? You have a not recommended list, or you're kind of putting me on the spot because I work for two of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've changed, but I've changed my focus. And it's no longer recovery podcasts. It's podcasts that deal with growth. And so the five elements that we work on is a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial sobriety. So that's the five areas of that I've noticed big improvements. So I listen to podcasts that deal with developments in those areas. So I very rarely listen to um, recovery-based podcasts. If there's somebody that, that I know that's, that's – if, if take Shane. Take Shane, for example. Shane, Shane's podcasts are brilliant because he just comes on and he just starts talking with what's on his mind. So it really has no agenda sometimes when he starts talking. And that's what I love about Shane's. We come on to other ones where they have guests and every single, every single week it's more or less the same thing. You know, I was drinking, I was struggling, I kind of got better and now I'm not drinking. So you think, right, okay, what's next? What's after that? It's the same as some of the ones that are just constantly um, just regurgitating the same material. It gets very samey. So I've kind of shifted away from that. I'll listen to somebody. If somebody I know texts me and says, like, I'm, I'm, I'm done this interview, I'll listen to that. It's absolutely fantastic um, doing it that way. But I'll, I'll, I'll look more for growth rather than recovery. Yeah, Shane's podcast is that sober guy for anyone interested in hearing that. Yeah, he he really uh, speaks from the heart, and I think that's why he has such a large following. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was shocked when I found out how many followers he had. You want more? I I listen. I listened to a podcast for I've been for years. People probably know about it. Soberful with um, Veronica. Veronica Valley and Chuck. Chip. Chip. Yeah, Yeah. they're both. They're both. psychotherapists and they but they come they have podcasts that give you like definitive ways to treat your sobriety and your recovery in real time in real life and very cool i really enjoy listening to them thank you marla i don't like listening to people's stories anymore it's uh fantastic drunkologues you know yeah it, it keeps me in that Part of my life, I don't want to remember anymore. Even if I go to meetings, sorry. Even if I go to meetings, I spend very little time actually in the meeting. I spend more time outside the meeting, helping people, talking to people, talking to people that are struggling, newcomers that, that just want somebody to sit down and talk to. I prefer to do that rather than listen to sometimes the speaker. Um, again, purely because they seem to be stuck in that area. And I tend to find if I'm doing any shares, I very rarely talk about what happened because I'm, I'm no longer there. I think being stuck in that, mm-hmm. I know it's important that we, that we don't forget how bad things were. I, I completely get that. But when a lot of people spend most of their shares talking about how bad things really were, mm-hmm. I really don't think you're moving on. No, and anyway. I have no, no problem recalling how shitty it was. It mm-hmm. just takes me a second to go back there and to get back on the right track. Yeah. That's a mature, re- maturing recovery. Yeah. 
and I like what Buddy said one time as well. If you look at things like the big book, if you look at things like the Bible, if you look at um, things like the Tao, it's not instruction books. It is just books of experience. It's the finger pointing at the moon. That's right, yeah. Let your body be like a withered tree and your mind like dead ashes. Nothing. Well, I'm trying to I'm, I envision right now I'm envisioning what dead ashes look like and there there's nothing there's dust and gray and dust and so it why kind of, do I want my mind to be like that it kind of goes against everything that we normally talk about you know let your mind be like a newborn babe you know accepting and taking everything that is but a newborn babe is dependent it's not within the newborn babe's abilities that the newborn babe is taking care of, right? It's not, the baby does not, is totally 100% dependent. And I think that's what this is talking about, that we're not the one accomplishing this in our life. We're not the one bringing the harmony of heaven in. We're not the one that brings the spirit to abide. None of that stuff happens because of our abilities in this reading. It has everything to do with, uh, I think, us coming to a place of surrender, us us coming to a, a place of uh, of letting go. Back to that again. It always uh, comes back to that. Acceptance and letting go. Letting go and acceptance. Realize genuine knowledge and don't use twisted reasoning. I think that would have to do with uh, genuine knowledge being intuitive knowledge and the twisted reasoning would be, you know, our own reasoning within within ourselves, what we could come up with in our own thinking. Justified anger. The opposite <laughs> of unifying our vision, mm-hmm. you know, the opposite of uh, rectifying our assessment of putting things right getting our perceptions correct. It'd be the opposite of that. Keep yourself open, unminding, and you may attain clarity and all-around mastery. Open and unminding. Unminding. Um, mind, mindfulness, mindlessness. No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that. I think it's unminding of other people. I'm. I'm seeing it as what you're doing doesn't. What like you're doing is none of my business. Un, unminding business. Being non-judgmental and yeah, minding my own business, staying yeah. on my side of the street. It's like when we're doing our amends, we're making amends for my partner. I don't mention your partner. Because your partner is none of my business. It's what, it's what I'm doing. So my behavior, that's what I'm taking responsibility for. It's like the doctor's use quote, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. I'm looking for the quote of when we think we know we've already lost the... Oh, that wasn't too long ago. To know and to think we know not is the crown. Not to know and to think we know is the affliction. <laughs> what? I know. I don't know. 
That really cleared it up. Oh, it did, didn't it? <laughs> Thanks for that. I think I said something about that. This is the first verse. Uh, I already possess recovery. The recovery I can create with my thinking is not real recovery. When I think I know, I have already lost the understanding. When I let go of the need to know, it is possible to see the solution. When I'm obsessed with formulas and shortcuts, I only see the problem. This is what we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. It is my fixed way of thinking that keeps me trapped. Addiction and recovery are both found within. I already possess both and have everything I will ever need. Wow, that is exactly what we've been talking about today. Then he ends this with, you know, keep yourself open, unminding, and you may attain clarity and all-around mastery. How could this be unknowing? In other words, this is true knowing. He's being, I think he's being sarcastic there. This is how you really know. By being open-minded, by being open to what what is, not having a fixed way of thinking, and letting love take its course in your life. Because we change by allowing love to form and change us. When we do our amends, what are we? That's exactly what we're doing. We're choosing to show love and kindness instead of anger and resentment. That's such a better place to live in. It is. So much easier. Oh, so easy. And it's easy on everybody around us. You know? Um, oh, it's just easy. Much better. Hmm. So I was thinking about verse 22. Okay. When we are looking at this. <laughs> First translation is, Yield and overcome, bend and be straight. Empty and be full, wear out and be new, have little and gain, have much and be confused. So it's almost like the paradoxes that they're talking about in this one here. It's almost, it's almost like an instruction manual on how to do it. This is this is how you this is how you be full. You become empty. <laughs> and then there's a kid at the back you going, but why? But how do I do it? <laughs> it's like the life of Brian. Have you seen the life of Brian? The Monty Python. So long ago. Brilliant. So he's like, you know, he, Brian's trying to get everybody to go away. He's like, go away. Like, okay, but how should we go away? He's like, I don't know. Just go away. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Just fuck off. He's like, but how should we fuck off, Lord? <laughs> But I, <laughs> I like Stephen Mitchell's, some of his translation of that. If you want to become whole, let yourself be partial. If you want to become straight, let yourself be crooked. If you want to become full, let yourself be empty. If you want to be reborn, let yourself die. If you want to be given everything, give everything up. Let your, like back to our verse, let your body be like a withered tree and your mind like dead ashes. You have to let go and give those things up. Look past your knowledge and your thinking. It's a big ask. 
Well, I've never found the answer when I thought I already had the answer, Marla. <laughs> you know, <laughs> never. I know. You know, I, I hear you because these are these aren't real thoughts. So just trying to change the lens through with which I look at things. That's uh, the best I can do today. And how do we do that? How do we change that lens? That's the that's the whole point, you know. Yeah, but it, for me, I've been. I've, it's just like a retraining of thought patterns because the brain, the brain is really a muscle. You can train it. Um, you can train it to do what you want. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard that you have eighty to ninety thousand thoughts a day, and of that, of that amount, eighty percent of those thoughts are from yesterday. So the more I think about the more I think about positive things today, the more positivity is going to come into my day tomorrow. Potential. Whereas if I'm dragging my ass through this recovery, if I'm just thinking, woe is me, poor me, poor me, I'm such a failure. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm carrying those thoughts. I'm carrying 80% of those thoughts through till tomorrow as well. So no wonder tomorrow I'm still going to be struggling. I'm still going to be in the exact same place that I was when I went to my doctor. And he says, look, stop doing all this shit. Just let's have a look at how we can improve what you're actually doing for yourself. So if I'm, if I'm working with any sponsees and they come to me with problems or they come to me, oh, you know, I kind of feel like this, I feel like that. And, you know, so first thing I'm saying is what are you doing for yourself? What are you actually doing for yourself? And it's not a case of, you know, what are you telling me for? What are you actually doing for yourself? What are you listening to? Are you exercising? What are you eating? Are you meditating? Are you praying? Are you spending time with loved ones? Who's in your circle of influence? Do you have people that are going to lift you up, push you along, hold your hands and you know tell you how great you are? Or are you surrounding yourself with toxic people that are telling you you're never going to manage this? Or people that are goading you into doing things that you don't want to be doing? What are you doing for yourself? For me, Craig, I find that is when I help somebody else with that's struggling with the same thing. And invariably someone's put in my path that I can help every time. Then, you know, I have to tell someone about it. I can't keep those secrets anymore. You know, if something's bothering me, I have to talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. I have to be open. And most of the time it's my sponsor. If I can't get in touch with my sponsor, he travels some, and sometimes I just can't reach him. Uh, I'll call a friend or a sponsee. Greg, I've talked to you about things sometimes, you know, just yeah, the yeah. fact that you learn not to keep those secrets anymore is huge. Yeah, but the number of times the number of times we've spent during the meetings just talking about shit that's going on in my head. I'm like, hey buddy, what, what do you think about this? He's like, a ridiculous idea. Where, where did you get that from? But it's the fact that I need I need, <laughs> I need so hey boy, what a ridiculous idea. He sounds like <laughs> He doesn't sound like that. Uh, but what don't sound like? <laughs> what don't sound like that? It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I think getting it out, it's, it's, it's like a release valve. I have to get the stuff out there, otherwise it's just going to sit and fester. I'm going to go back to the old ways of thinking because it very quickly becomes Craig's will, not God's will. You know, it's a way we could like label those fears too. Just like in in meditation, I learned to label and note. And then when I started labeling things, it took away a lot of the, the 
the power that they had in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just this, or that's this. It was amazing when I started just noting is one way they say they talk about that. That I didn't, they didn't take me off on a tangent anymore. They, the tangent stopped when I, when I labeled and noted the thought. So I think it's a lot the same when we tell someone about mm-hmm. something. We're noting it. We're labeling it. If, yeah, if, like if you don't have a person to confess to or, or a pen to write with, um, confessing it verbally, but, um, you, ha- you have to be good with yourself with it. I think on that point, it, it really it really does matter who you're confessing or who you're being open to. I can talk to Louise about stuff, but you know what? I can guarantee she will not understand the thought process behind it. Whether I can talk to Buddy, I can talk to anybody else that's in recovery, and they get it straight away. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we we have a language, you know, that nobody else understands, and I don't care unless you're an addict, you don't know what is going on in there. I'm I'm having a day like, why am I an addict? No, really, my, I've had such a charmed life. What the fuck? Well, you see, that's the thing. You, you, you're not an addict. You're no, you're no longer an addict. That's that's what I'm saying about the negative the negative thoughts coming through till tomorrow. You know, so tomorrow you're going to be like, oh, man, I'm still a fucking addict. I'm I know. Here. I still can't uh, drink like a normal person or smoke pot or... Whatever, you know. So it's the same as when people come over and say, I'm, I'm a grateful, recovered alcoholic. You're like, do, do you know what? Well done. Congratulations. Or people go, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I, and I have no, <laughs> I have no preference either way. Um, do you know what the recovered is talking about, though? Yeah, we, 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 yeah we're, recovered from, about that. we're recovered from that hopeless state of um, mind. Yes. From that, if we're if we're staying sober, I I don't have to. I'm not hopeless anymore. I think that's all that's talking about. I've recovered from that hopeless state of uh, mind that that I came into recovery with. So you know, if if you want to say recovered or recovering, yeah, I have no, I have no option either way. I can just see the different mindset behind it. I'm recovering, which means I'm still doing the work. I'm recovered. Yeah, I'm recovered from that hopeless state of mind, but. You know, hopefully you're still doing the work. Otherwise, you very quickly don't become recovered. Well, part of the acceptance and surrender is I think we're going to have to work for the rest of our lives unless uh, you want to give it up. Well, it's like kind of now. So if you want money in your bank account, you're going to have to go out and work. Same thing. Mm-hmm. If you want if you want money in your recovery bank account, you're going to have to go out and work. You're recovering. You're going to have to go out and work what it is you're doing that's, that's keeping you well. But it's a different kind of work, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, different. You know, yeah. it's not. Uh, it's not the same as with other things. For me, it hasn't been. No, I mean, for, for me, the work is concentrating on those those five things: physical sobriety, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial sobriety. Financial working sobriety. On, working on those on a daily basis, and you know, doing what I need to do. I go to my one to ones. If you want to look at it from a work point, I go to one to one every week with my sponsor. It's like. We learn with resentments. What do we do? We pray for the person that we resent. Mm-hmm. How in the world could that bring you to a place of no resentment? Well, the best praying for them. Yeah, you can pray for them. And That's the work. 
No, I think it's about forgiveness. I, th- I think I see that, like the act of praying is basically saying, okay, I'm trying to forgive you. I'm trying to forgive you. And then after two weeks, if it works, you've gotten to that forgiveness part. Yeah, but we started a lot of times, Marla, when we don't believe it. You know, we don't believe yeah. it'll work. Why in the world are we doing this? Sure. You know, that we're to pray. If I have a resentment against Craig, I'm to pray for Craig to have all the things that I would want for myself. Why in the world would I pray good things for that blah, blah, blah that I hate? So if you start, even when you don't believe it, it's just empty words. Within a few days, it starts, you start believing and and then you change. They don't change. They don't get all those things. You do. Right. Because you get what you're giving, right? And I think that's the, opening yourself up that this is talking about. And the unminded, I think, is just being open to solutions that are not your own. Uh, just being open to life and just stand it. Well, the man of Tao does what? He stands on what is already moving. It's that being able to see that and comprehend when these things are in front of us and we have these uh, opportunities uh, these provisions that we just don't see. If we're all stuck in our head and only thinking about us, uh, we, we don't see those things. Like the, the folks in the flood, uh, they, there was a hurricane and uh, they got out on the roof and they said that, you know, that God was going to save them. And the boat comes by and they say, no, no, God's going to save us. And the next somebody, somebody else in a helicopter and something else. And they said, no, God's going to save us. Y'all go on. And they drowned and they get to heaven and they say, God, I thought you were going to say, she said, I tried two, three times. What are you talking about? The boat. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, the boat, the helicopter, all those things, you know. So it, I think we're that way. We can't see uh, the virtue that's placed in front of us because we're not open to other things and we're so stuck in our thinking. We're trying to control the outcomes. Yeah. I want an outcome that's going to suit me, not you. I have one more quote. This is from verse 95 in the Winsa. It says, the space where the feet are stepping is slight. And so you need untried ground to walk further. In other words, where you're actually stepping is just this place. But you need more ground in front of you to keep walking. What the mind knows is narrow. And so you need the unknown to gain understanding. So it's the unknown that we need to gain understanding. And that's what they're talking about. The unminding, the unminding, the unknown. There's so much there that's beyond what we know or feel or can comprehend. Have you guys looked at the James Webb telescope photos? No. From the gal- the galaxies with the infrared lights and... It's fucking awesome. Hang on one second. NASA has it uh, going all the time. So they're constantly like shifting their pictures and go ahead. check it out. Thanks guys for a good conversation. Anything else Thank before you. we close? Appreciate you. Y'all have a good week and we'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars, 
Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery. 